Section 18 of At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War by G. A. Henty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Suman Barua. At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War chapter eight nana's release part two two days later nana funnois was brought to sindhya's camp news which caused Vajirao intense consternation he at once sent off to open negotiations with the nizam for common action offering a considerable amount of territory for his assistance colonel palmer rode over the next morning to scindia's camp and found that scindia had demanded three millions of rupees as the price of nana's release and appointment as minister to the peshwa nana had protested his absolute inability to raise anything like that sum but had offered five hundred thousand rupees i can quite believe that he could not pay the sum scindia demands the colonel said on his return and when scindia sees that he would rather return to prison than attempt impossibilities he will come down in his demands and nana will go up in his offer it is a mere question of bargaining when scindia heard of the step that bajirao had taken he was greatly alarmed for he could hardly hope to withstand the nizam's army and that which baji himself could raise and he therefore materially lowered his demands and finally accepted nana's offer of nine hundred thousand rupees this arrangement being made he permitted nana to leave the camp in order to raise the money receiving his solemn oath that if he failed to do so he would return and render himself a prisoner again however in a few days nana sent in the money Sindhya fulfilled the other part of his promise and insisted upon the peshwas receiving nana as his minister a few days later he had got gay arrested by the sons of two of his european officers Sindhya was indeed most anxious to be off he did not know that the nizam had refused bajirao's offer he had received news of widespread disaffection among his troops at home and felt that he could not rely upon those with him as soon therefore as he received the money from nana he partially paid the arrears due to the soldiers the sum however was altogether insufficient to satisfy the troops and as nana funnois found that baji was still intriguing with scindia for his overthrow and that no rest could be hoped for until the latter's army marched away he advanced scindia fifteen lakhs of rupees from his own private funds the latter was then able to satisfy his troops scindia accepted the money but still remained in the neighbourhood of Pune. these matters were not concluded until months after harry left for bombay on arriving there he called upon the governor to report the release of nana funnuis 
I received Colonel Palmer's last report four days ago. He has given me full details of the manner in which you, on your own initiative, brought about Nana's release and the approaching departure of Scindia. And I, of course, brought them before the Council, and they quite agreed with me as to the remarkable daring and ability with which you had carried out what Colonel Palmer believed to be an impossible scheme. I have pleasure in handing you your commission of captain, and only regret that we cannot break the rules of the service by nominating you major. Tomorrow your name will be removed from the list of officers of the 3rd Regiment, and you will be appointed to the staff. You will have a week before you to obtain the proper uniform. I shall not require you to perform any duties, and you will therefore have your time to yourself till you sail. I shall, of course, forward my reasons for sending you to Lord Mornington, and shall give an account of the services that you have rendered, which will doubtless excite as much admiration in Calcutta as in Bombay. I shall be glad if you will dine with me the day after tomorrow, when I shall ask the members of the council to meet you. On leaving the governor, Harry at once went to the shop of the Parsi merchant from whom he had obtained his regimentals, and ordered the various uniforms required for the staff. He then went to Soera, and to his great satisfaction found Safda there. The latter's troop was one of those which had been disbanded when, on the arrival of Scindia, Bajirao deemed it necessary to reduce his force, and Safda, after staying for some time at Juni, had now come down to see his cousin i am glad indeed to find you here safda in the first place because it is always a pleasure to meet a good friend and in the second because you can take soyera back with you and place her with ramdas but why should i leave here harry because mother i am to start for madras in three weeks and maybe for aught i know away for a year or more of course you can remain here if you prefer it, but it seems to me that the other would be the better plan. I should certainly prefer to go with Safda to my home, so Era said. I have numbers of acquaintances here, but no real friends. And Ramdas and Anandi will, I know, joyfully receive me. At any rate, you shall be no burden to them, Soera. I will give you a thousand rupees, with which you can pay your share of the expenses of the house or land, and I will give you a similar sum to hand to Ramdas as a token of my gratitude for his protection and kindness. This will enable him to add to his holding and to the comforts of his house. I would willingly give much more, but it might cause suspicion and inquiry were he to extend his holding largely and the authorities of Junee might demand from him how he became possessed of such means. As I told you, I have received much money in presents, and could afford to give you very much more, if it were of any advantage to you. I shall give a thousand rupees also to you, Safda. 
they will be useful to you when you settle down on the revenues of your district and enable you to cut a good figure among the people when you arrive there the day before he was to sail a hindu entered harry's apartment and bowing deeply handed him a letter it was from nana my good english friend i send the enclosed bill upon my agent as a small token of acknowledgment for the inestimable service you have rendered me during my long life i have had many friends but these in supporting me acted in their own interest you alone have shown me absolutely disinterested friendship i have always been opposed to your people interfering in the affairs of the deccan but i see now that nothing save their intervention can save the country from absolute ruin owing to the constant struggles for supremacy among the great rajas and i see that it were far better we should enjoy peace and protection under a foreign power than be exposed to ruin and misery at the hands of warring factions i grieve that i have not seen you again colonel palmer tells me that you are about to start for either calcutta or madras to join the army that is about to act against tipu it is unlikely that i shall ever see you again but i shall never forget that had it not been for you i should have ended my life a prisoner at ahmednagar nana the bill enclosed was an order for a hundred thousand rupees upon nana's agent in bombay when harry went to say good-bye to the governor the latter said it is likely that you will see your old regiment before long captain lindsay this morning a ship arrived with orders from lord mornington for us to send as many troops as could possibly be spared to ascend the southern guards and join him near seringapatam lord mornington is now at madras making arrangements for an advance when his brother colonel wellesley will move forward with the nizam's troops there is still a doubt what part the marathas will take probably they will hold aloof altogether until they see how matters go we know that tipu has sent thirteen lakhs of rupees to baji rao and that the latter and scindia are in constant communication with him however at present we shall take no notice of these proceedings but allow the peshwa to believe that we are deceived by the constant assurances that he gives us of his friendship although he has declined to enter into a treaty with us similar to that which the nizam has made it is enough to have one formidable foe on our hands at a time and our experience of baji assures us that he will not commit himself by openly declaring for tipu until he sees how matters are going the winds were unfavourable and it was not until six weeks after leaving bombay that harry arrived at madras it was now november seventeen ninety eight and on landing he learned that general harris was in command of the army that was assembling at velour and that the governor-general had returned to calcutta he therefore at once went back to the ship which next day sailed for that town on arriving there he presented himself at the government house 
and on sending in his name was in a short time shown into lord mornington's private room i am glad that you have come captain lindsay the latter said i wish that you had been here sooner i came by the first ship sir after the governor of bombay received your letter but owing to contrary winds we have been nearly two months on the voyage i landed for an hour at madras and hearing that you had returned here i hesitated whether to come to you for orders or to join general harris at velour but i thought it better to come on and so again embarked on the ship which is only just anchored you are quite right sir for it was an agent rather than a soldier that i required i own that i thought the governor would have sent an older man i am the bearer of this letter from him i believe that in it he gives his reasons for the honour he did me in selecting me for the post i will look through it presently lord mornington said and if you will dine with me here i shall then have read it and shall be able to decide where you can be employed to the best advantage the dinner was a quiet one only the officers of the governor-general's suite being present the governor received harry with much more cordiality than he had evinced at their first interview and introduced him to his officers with the expression that captain lindsay had done very valuable service in the deccan little allusion was made to business until the other officers had left when lord mornington said i have read the governor of bombay's letter and am convinced that he could have made no better choice than he has done he speaks of you in the highest terms and has given me a slight sketch of your story and a fuller one of the manner in which you obtained the release of nana Funuis. i learn that nana has always been considered our friend although we have not been able to give him the support that we could wish as this would have entailed war with the marathas which bombay is in no position to undertake nevertheless his release will doubtless to some extent counterbalance the duplicity of the peshwa who while lavish in his promises to us is receiving money from tipu and will undoubtedly unless restrained by nana openly espouse his cause should he gain any successes over us you showed such intelligence in the matter that he says i can place every confidence in you although the nizam has been obliged to dismiss the french troops in his service and to send a portion of his army to act in connection with our own against mysore he is in no way to be trusted being as slippery as the rest of these indian princes and like the marathas would assuredly join tipu if he saw his way to doing so this is so certain that nothing would be gained by sending another agent to hyderabad i therefore propose to open communications with the rajah of berar none of my officers is able to talk marathi though many of them are of course familiar with the southern dialects the rajah is already practically at war with the marathas as for a long time his troops have been ravaging the territory of pursurambhau which he was invited to do by the peshwa when pursuram took sides against him 
he is doubtless in some apprehension of an attack by the marathas and upon our promising to guarantee his dominions and to give him support if attacked he may be willing to venture into an alliance with us and his doing so would alike help us in keeping the nizam to his engagements and deter the marathas from moving this is the mission that i intend to confide to you i believe that it could not be in better hands if you will call to-morrow afternoon your written instructions and powers to act for me and to enter into engagements in my name will be ready for you and i should wish you to start the next morning you will have an escort of twenty troopers these indian princes have little respect for persons who travel unattended you will understand that the instructions recite the maximum that you are authorized to offer to the rajah if he will be satisfied with less you will of course grant as little as you can if he demands more you must refer the matter to me at any rate so long as you are negotiating he will take no active steps against us though i have learned that bajee rao has already been at work trying to persuade him to join himself and tipur against us were such a treaty concluded we could no longer hope to retain the nizam and indeed should find it difficult to contend against so powerful a confederacy at any rate if the rajah will not join us you must endeavour at least to secure his neutrality the day after to-morrow you will start i will have a route map prepared for you the distance to nagpur is about eight hundred miles and you will get there in four weeks travelling thirty miles a day i have given orders to-day for one of the company's ships of war to take you and your escort to the mouth of the gunjum and express messengers have already started with orders to the commandment to provide wagons to carry your tent equipage and stores you should if the winds are favourable reach there in four or five days time the carts will delay us sir and without them we might make forty miles a day after we have landed for the horses of this country have great endurance a few days will make no great difference there are no towns of any importance on the road to nagpur and you would have to put up at wretched khans and would be considered as worthy of little consideration whereas i wish you to travel in a style suitable for my agent and to impress the native mind with your importance have you horses i have but one sir and a pony for my servant you must purchase another and a good one with showy equipments you will of course charge that on all other expenses and your appointment will be a thousand rupees a month i have no doubt the rajah will lodge you handsomely should he not do so you had best encamp outside the town do not put up with any inferior lodging very well sir i shall endeavour to carry out your orders to the letter harry was fortunate in being able to purchase an excellent horse and in the afternoon received his letters of instruction 
on the following day he embarked in a twelve-gun sloop with twenty troopers under the command of a native officer the wind was favourable and in four days they arrived at the mouth of the gunjum a large native barge came out to meet them the horses and the stores which harry had purchased together with some boxes with presents for the rajah were transferred to her and two of the ship's boats took the barge in tow to the shore the commandment of the small garrison there informed harry that the bullock carts had already gone on to a village thirty miles away and that he would find all in readiness for him on his arrival without waiting an hour he started with his escort and half a mile from the village found the camp already pitched it consisted of one large and handsome tent such as those used by high officials and two smaller ones for the escort he had engaged at calcutta a good cook and this man at once began to light fires and prepare a meal for the stores harry had brought with him the tent was handsomely furnished a large carpet covered the ground there was a bed four large chairs and a table while between the outer and inner walls of the tent was a bath as soon as they halted one of the troopers rode into the village and purchased fowls rice ghee and condiments for the use of the escort who were all mormons harry found to his satisfaction that another set of wagons had started that morning for the next halting place and that he would find everything ready for him there this was a great satisfaction for he had feared that the work of taking down and packing the tents would delay his start in the morning and that at the end of the day's ride he would have to wait some hours before the tents came up whereas by the system of double carriage he would not be delayed the headman told him that his party would start in the morning as soon as the cart could be packed that fresh bullocks would be hired at the village where he would halt and would travel all night so as to be in readiness for him when he had accomplished another stage and that this process would be continued until they reached nagpur end of section eighteen